Well, what's up, church? Pastor Nick here, and I am so excited that you've joined us today for a life-giving worship experience online. If this is your first time at Propel, but on behalf of myself, my wife, and the rest of the team here, we want to say welcome. We consider it an honor that you would spend your Sunday morning, evening, afternoon, or night with us. We're so pumped that you're here today. If you do call Propel Church home, this is a great time to hit that share button. Go ahead and let people know that you are watching church online today. Maybe you're in a house party. This is a great time to high five somebody around you. Man, we're just excited because we've been in the middle of a prayer series. We've wrapped up 21 days of prayer on Saturday, and and I believe that God's done some incredible things for you and for me as we kind of look to and get ready for what the future holds. And we've continued this prayer series for more than three weeks because prayer is not just something we should do for 21 days twice a year. Prayer is a part of our heart. You know, when Tori and I started the church almost five years ago, which by the way, we're coming up on five years as a church on September 20th. September 20th, 2015 was the day we had our first in-person gathering of Propel Church. And so that's actually a Sunday this year. So on September 20th, be sure to look at what we're doing that day. We're going to do Propel Church online. But then that evening, we're going to come together for a cookout. We've got a t-shirt for every single person that shows up. I'd love to know that you're coming. There's a Facebook event. You can RSVP there for that. Man, we're excited. God's doing some incredible stuff. But when we started the church, we had a heart to pray. We believe that prayer is not a last resort. It's our first option, that we're going to come to prayer boldly, powerfully. And we've been in this series called Powerful Prayers to help you and I do that. Throughout the course of this series, we've learned what it means to to ask God to seek, uh, to search us, to, to go where God wants us to go, to really surrender everything to him. And today, I want to talk to you about a prayer of blessing. Now, when we talk about blessing, blessing is one of those things that sometimes we get a little bit uncomfortable with because it feels weird with everything going on in the world to ask God to bless us. But asking God to bless us is actually incredibly biblical. It's not something that is is heretical. It's not something that's wrong to do. In fact, God has blessing available to you that he wants to give to you, that he wants to pour out on you. Sometimes it requires you and I to take the step and actually ask for it. So today we're going to explore a passage of scripture from a guy named Jabez who prays this prayer. If you have a Bible, go with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It's going to be available on the screen. This is what it says. I'm going to read you the entire two verses, and then we're going to break it down today. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I love that at the very end of that scripture, we see that God grants his 
request. I believe that God wants to bless you. And blessing is not something that is contingent on your circumstances being different. Blessing is something that that when you and I understand blessing, it doesn't mean that nothing's going on around us. It means that we know the God we serve and the God we serve has the ability in the middle of hard circumstances, in the middle of hard situations, to give us supernatural favor in the middle of it, to pour out blessings because he's God and he has access to unlimited resources in heaven. I believe that God wants to bless you today. Do you believe that? If you believe that right now in the comment section or in your house party, you ought to drop a comment and say, I believe it, or punch somebody around you and say, I believe it. Some of y'all are like, man, quarantine got us violent. We just don't know how to people anymore, so we punch people. I'm kidding. Don't be punching people outside of your church family in a Christian-loving way. We're excited. Let's break down this passage of Scripture verse by verse, kind of section by section today. In verse 10, it says this. This is the first part of Scripture we're going to break down. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me. If you want to pray a prayer of blessing, here's the first thing you have to do. You have to ask God to bless you. Ask God to bless you. Now that seems crazy simple. And you're probably thinking, Pastor, how are we going to start a message out this practical I know, right? But I'm telling you, if you would just ask God, that's what Jabez does. The first thing that he does is he comes and he says, oh, God, you would bless me. I'm asking you to bless me. Now, what kind of blessing is Jabez asking for? What is blessing? Oftentimes, what we ask God to bless or we ask God to bless the missionaries overseas, we ask God to to bless the food that we're about to eat as if God could somehow burn every calorie as we pray over those, you know, funnel cakes that we're about to eat. Come on, you know you do it. I pray, my daily prayer is, Lord, remove every calorie in Jesus' name, right? Those are the kind of blessings that we ask God for. We, we ask God to bless our neighbor or bless our friends and family. Uh, our grandparents may say, bless you when you sneeze. Come on, like there's all kinds of blessing. But the blessing that Jabez is seeking from God is, is biblically supernatural favor. It's this richness of God's grace that is so great that only God could do it. God has this storehouse full of blessing. And what he wants to do is give it to those who ask. James says that we have not because we ask not. And I think as we look to pray a prayer of blessing, a prayer of increase, the first thing we need to do is ask for it. Because God has access to something, but he's waiting for you and I to simply call upon his name. A few years ago, um, in 2016, I was having both my Achilles reconstructed in the same year, and I had the first surgery. And one of the things I learned during the recovery process is that Tori and I live in a two-story house, and and our, our, there's the main floor, and then we our bedroom was upstairs on the second half of the house. And during that first surgery, I realized that after having my Achilles reconstructed, stairs are horrible. Stairs are from the devil. And... It was just a miserable process. So I perfected what I call the, the, the butt scoot. 
which is where you sit on the step and you lift up and you kind of go all the way up the steps one by one. There's like 25 steps, so it's a workout. It's miserable. And when I was getting ready to do the second surgery, I realized I don't want to do that anymore. But I also don't want to live on an air mattress for the next three to four months of my life. So I called a buddy of mine, my, my buddy Cody, and I said, hey, look, man, I need, I need your help. Before I have this next surgery, I, I need for us to take my bed apart upstairs. I need us to bring it into the living room. Tori and I are just going to live downstairs for the next couple of months. Cody came over, and we took apart the bed, and we brought this thing downstairs, and it was way more than I could do by myself. We worked hard. We got it downstairs. We got it put together, and I looked at Cody, and I said, man, thank you so much for coming, and what he said to me was, hey, man, I'm available. All you have to do is ask for help, and I'll be there. I wonder how many times God is just waiting, just like my friend was, to, to, to step in and to help us, to give us a blessing, to give us grace, to give us favor, to give us increase and do things that we couldn't do on our own. But he's just waiting. But the moment you call on God, the moment you ask him, he steps in and he does what you can't do for yourself. Jabez isn't specific in what he asked God for. He just asked Ask God to bless him because what Jabez knows is that if he gets specific in the blessing, he might miss out on what the blesser actually has for him. But he's very general. He just says, oh God, that you would bless me because he knows that what God has for him and what God could give him would be better, according to Ephesians 3.20, than anything he might ask, think, or imagine. So Jabez is coming to God and he's saying, oh God, that you would bless Bless me because I know that what God has for me is greater than anything that the world has for me. What God has for me is greater than anything that I could comprehend for myself. I'm not going to ask God to bless me in a specific way. I'm going to ask God's will to be done in my life. And I believe that he wants to bless me and that he who began a good work in my life is faithful to finish it. Come on, you need to ask God for a blessing today. Jabez's prayer was not for anything material, not a you ask for anything you want and you get it. No, he's just simply asking God to bless him. And what Jabez isn't going to settle for is anything less than God's best for his life. Second part of that, verse 10, it says this, And enlarge my territory. So Jabez has prayed, Oh, that you would bless me and, and enlarge my territory. The second thing you need to do is ask God to increase your capacity and influence. Increase your capacity and influence. I believe in order to do all that God has called you to do, what some of you have to do is lift the lid on your life. If you look at a jar, right, uh, we're from the south, so everybody knows what a mason jar is. Mason jars have lids. But a jar has a specific capacity inside of it. It might be an 8-ounce jar, might be a 16-ounce jar. If you're really crazy, might be a 32-ounce jar. I don't know if they, they probably make bigger jars than that, but those are the numerical values of jars that I currently know that I probably have in my kitchen cabinet. A jar has a specific capacity. You as an individual have a specific capacity as well. 
And oftentimes what we try and do is we try and fit an infinite God into our limited capacity life. Maybe God doesn't want to just just fill the jar you currently have. Maybe God wants to give you a new jar with bigger capacity so that you're able to facilitate and contain, enjoy, and steward the blessing that he has for you. So we're asking God in this season to increase our capacity, increase our influence. The way Jabez says it is enlarge my territory In other words, there's a space that I currently occupy, and I want to see that grow. I want to see my influence grow. I want to have more space for my family. I want to see the kingdom of God expand to the ends of the earth because I believe there are more people that need to meet Jesus. Come on, are you with me today, church? We believe that God wants to increase our territory. So a few things that Jabez is doing, number one is, sorry, there was a a hair up in here. Ain't got time for that. Not today, Satan. First thing Jabez is doing is he's moving beyond his past. Notice at the beginning of this passage of scripture, it lets us know that Jabez's name means pain, that he was birthed in pain, that he causes pain. Whatever circumstance and situation surrounded his birth must have been very traumatic for his mother because she gave him this name. And no doubt his name was probably going to cause a lot of embarrassment for him growing up. He was going to be defined by the pain in which he had caused. Very likely he had some self-esteem issues. But in spite of his past, he realized that God could bless him and he could rise above that. I came to tell somebody today that you don't have to be defined by who you used to be. That no matter the things you've done in your past, no matter what your past situation or circumstance looks like, God can bless you because God hasn't changed his mind about you. The same God who sent Jesus Christ to die for your sins already knew your past, knows your past, and chose to send Jesus to die for you years ago so that in him you could have new life. God God isn't concerned by what the world defines you by. He knows that when he looks at you, he sees his son Jesus because you've placed your hope and trust in him. And now your past no longer defines who you are in him. The second thing that he does is he wants to make more territory for God. I believe that if we begin to ask God to increase our influence for him, he always answers that prayer. Now, if we're selfish and self-centered in in saying, God, I want you to increase my influence because we need affirmation from people, I don't know that God blesses that. But what I do know is that if you get serious about wanting to make a name for God, if you get serious about wanting to advance the kingdom of God, God blesses that every single time. Years ago, I remember starting to pray this prayer for our church. Oh, God, that you would bless us that you would enlarge our territory, that you would keep your hand on us, keep us safe. As I began to pray that prayer, God began to expand our territory. God began to increase our influence. I remember one summer years ago, we were running about 80 people, and by the end of summer, where normally churches decline, ours had increased by almost 100%. 
And it was because we were praying prayers, asking God to enlarge our territory, increase our capacity, expand our influence. And the goal wasn't that I would become great or I would become some small town famous pastor. The goal was that every single person in Mount Pleasant and the surrounding areas would meet Jesus and God began to honor that. I, be, I get the opportunity to teach churches all around the world how to break 200 numerically as a church. And in doing that, one of the things that we talk about is praying a prayer like this. God, enlarge our territory. And when you do that for the right reasons, man, God begins to bless that. I think God wants to still today expand the territory that our church occupies in Mount Pleasant and the surrounding areas. And if we want to cap that to 400 people, the the people we currently reach, I mean, we can do that. But I don't think that's God's heart. I think God knows that there are people in Mount Pleasant and the surrounding areas that desperately need Jesus. And so what he wants to do is increase our influence because as our influence gets bigger, we're not lifting up some other name. We're lifting up the name above every name, which is Jesus Christ. And people will meet Jesus. Their lives will be saved. They'll begin to get healed and delivered and set free. And that's why we do what we do. I believe it's not just a prayer to pray for our church. It's a prayer to pray for your life. In your personal life, God wants to increase the influence that you have as an individual. He wants to grow your character. He wants to bless your business and and your friendships. This increase is not just something that impacts an organization. It changes your life. Because God doesn't bless organizations. God blesses people. And those people make up the organization. This is a prayer for you. But oftentimes, I love what one author wrote, growth is hindered when we do a few things. One, we're unwilling to evaluate the quality of the way we walk with Christ. Hey, for some of us, we've gotten to this place where if you really want to know what hinders your growth, you stopped listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit when he would say things are wrong. When you look at God's word and God says, this is sin, you said, well, I don't know. It's 2020. Does that really have relevance? When you do that, your growth is hindered. Number two, we think negatively about change. Come on, I, I, I know I, I talk about losing weight every year. I hate the thought of going to the gym. Thankfully for me, COVID handled that. But I hate the thought of going to the gym. Love the thought of losing weight. Hate the thought of how it's going to cause me to change. We've got to do that. We've got to quit doing that because that hinders our growth. Three, We're reluctant to break out of our comfort zone. God cares more about your calling than he does your comfort. And if you're so focused on your comfort, it's going to hinder your growth. Four, when our objectives are not clear. If you don't have a target, you'll miss every time. you got to have a clear vision for your life and know where you're heading. And five, uh, where there's a lack of personal and spiritual goals. you got to have metrics to know you're winning in this race. But man, growth is unleashed when you develop a healthy prayer life. When you're consistently coming before God and asking him to to bless you, when you're bringing your requests to him, when you're not just avoiding him when you have conflict, but you're running into his presence. When you have clear time with Jesus to study God's word, you were meant to grow in your walk with Christ. And sometimes you need to get past just reading the verse of the day on your YouVersion Bible app. And you really need to study God's word. 
to sit down and, and take a verse and, and, as Joshua says, to meditate on it day and night. The third thing that will help you grow and allow growth to be unleashed is you begin to be more sensitive to the personal and spiritual needs of the people around you. Man, self-centered Christians are not Christians. In order to live like Jesus, we have to be selfless, which means we have to care about other people, how they're doing, not just spiritually. We need to care about them spiritually, but also physically. When you and I don't have a heart and a passion for people who are broken and hurting, we don't carry the heart of Jesus, and we need to grow in that area. And fourth, we need to be more alert to opportunities for sharing Jesus with people. I think a lot of times God puts people in our path to share Jesus with, but we simply miss out on the opportunity because we're not aware that, man, God teed it up. I I told you this years ago that, man, I I gave God a promise. If he'd tee it up, I'd hit it every time. And and, and I love this illustration because when I was growing up, I would play t-ball. I know some of y'all, man, you were bad at t-ball, but that's okay. God still loves you, but I was good at t-ball. Coach would sit the ball on the tee, and I'd get this rare back and just hit it. I think God works the same way with divine opportunities. God lays the ball on the tee in front of us. He says, if you'll hit it, I'll keep setting the tee up. I'll keep setting the ball up there. So when God gives you opportunities to share Jesus with people, do it. Take advantage of it. Last verse in this, it says this. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain third thing you need to do is ask God for protection. Ask God for protection. There is a curse that comes with every blessing. And when you and I are being blessed by God and we're seeking after God and we're praying, we're praying, oh God, that you would bless me. The curse of the blessing is that we begin to enjoy the blessing so much that we lose our dependency on the blesser. And what Jabez is praying is, let your hand be with me. In other words, God, I don't want the blessing if it means you're not going to be there with it. I don't want the gift if I don't get the gift giver. I don't want to go where you're not going to be. So Lord, if you expand my territory but remove your hand, I don't want it. But if you expand my territory and your hand will be with me, that's where I want to be. Because I know that if the Lord is for me, who can be against me? I know that if the hand of God is on my life, then I'm going to have supernatural blessing and favor that's going to supersede my current situation and circumstance. I want to be where God is going to be. So God, let your hand be with me. And then he says, and protect me. Because you need to know when you're taking territory for the kingdom of God, there's an enemy that gets really mad. Because the enemy, this is his dominion. This is his territory. This is the place in which he occupies. And every space that is dark in our world is because there is an absence of light. And the followers of Jesus need to step up, to rise up, to walk into those dark places and expand their territory to the places in which the enemy has currently occupied. The only reason he has residence is because we've stopped taking ground. 
ground. So I'm asking God to expand my territory, but I'm asking him to protect me because the enemy is never afraid of me. He's afraid of he that is in me because as John says, he that is in me is greater than anything in the world. In this spiritual battle, you need the hand of God on your life because as God blesses you, as God expands your territory, you're going to go to war with the enemy. And when you go to war with the enemy, scripture is clear, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. It doesn't just say resist the devil. It says you got to first submit to God. I need the hand of God on my life. I need to run to God because the enemy isn't afraid of me, but he is afraid of God because God has already defeated him once and he will defeat him the next time and the next time and forevermore because he won the battle. We need to know that we're in a spiritual fight, that we are in a war. And we can learn from the attitude of Jabez to have this confidence that, man, God is going to fight for us and be with us. Many people fall into unnecessary temptation just by being careless. I think it's important for us to pray that God will keep us from falling, that God will keep us and guide us and direct us on this path. Because you are entering into a real spiritual battle. And then the last part of the verse says this, and God granted his request. God saw the attitude of Jabez. He saw Jabez's heart, and he answered his simple prayer. Oh, that you would bless me, that you would expand my territory. You would let your hand be upon me, and you would protect me. You'd keep me. That's a simple prayer of blessing. I believe that God is still in the business of answering prayers. If we learn to have the attitude of, of Jabez and, and approach God boldly, to just come to him and say, God, this is where I'm at. I'm asking you to bless me. Last passage of scripture I have for you today is 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is what it says. This is the confidence we have. In approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Hey, as you seek after God today and you ask him to bless you, as you ask him to enlarge your capacity, to increase your influence, as you ask him to bless you beyond all imagination and comprehension, you need to know that if you ask it in accordance to his will, it'll be done. It's not that we ask God for anything we want and God just gives it to us. It's that we ask God to bless us, not specifically, unless you've got specific things you're praying for, but, but I'm just coming to God and I'm saying, God, I want you to bless me, whatever that looks like for your life. Your blessing may look like the removal of friendships, and I'm going to thank you for that. Your blessing may look like the increase of friendships, and I'm going to thank you for that. Your blessing may look like some paid bills that I didn't know how I was going to do that. Or your blessing may look like a repoed car because I made the mistake of going ahead of you and going where your hand wouldn't go. I don't know what the 
blessing of God looks like. But what I do know is that the blessing of God supersedes every circumstance, every situation. And in the middle of my trial, in the middle of my struggle, I can have the blessing and the favor of God on my life because God wants what's best for me. Scripture says if you as an earthly father, as you as earthly parents, want to give your kids good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father want to bless his children? God wants to bless you. He has great things for you. I believe that it starts by you and I asking God to bless us, asking God to increase our capacity and influence, and asking God to protect us along the way. That is a prayer of blessing. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much, and we come to you today asking and believing that you can bless us. We don't know what that looks like for for each of us individually, but we know that, that what we need is your blessing in our life, and we are grateful that you are able to do more than we might ask, think, or imagine. So right now, God, I am asking you to bless the people who are watching this video. We stand in agreement with your word that says if we ask things in accordance to your will, it will be done in our life. So Lord, let it be so. I pray for blessing. I pray for favor. I pray for increase in influence and capacity. I pray for the increase of influence in our church so that we might see Mount Pleasant and the surrounding areas meet Jesus. But Lord, I also pray for the increase in the capacity of every individual watching this right now. And we know that when we ask it in your name, it is done. So we thank you for that. For some of you who are watching this today, you want the blessing and the favor of God, but the blessing and the favor of God does not come apart from having Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's by accepting Jesus' full payment for your sin and my sin that we have access to God, that we have access to blessing. Right now, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what needs to be dealt with before is the payment of your sin. Jesus loved you so much that he would come, that he would live a sinless life, and that he would then die in your place so that in him you could experience new life, so that in him your debt could be covered and you could be blessed beyond all comprehension. And you may not experience all of that blessing on this side of eternity, but let me tell you, when you die, your years following will be more blessed than you ever knew was possible. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, here's what I want to do. I want to walk you through a simple prayer. Just repeat this with me. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.